Salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host, the Commish. This past week, we saw Matt Ryan, former quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons, traded to the Indianapolis Colts for a third-round pick. Third-round pick. This is what we think of these quarterbacks today. The good ones get shipped off quickly, expeditiously, without a thought, moment's thought. Matt Ryan, who I would think is one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, is traded to the Indianapolis Colts for a turkey club sandwich. That seems to be the equivalent of what this transaction was. I'm a little bit upset. I'm perturbed. I, I Maybe what I don't get about the NFL and the business that is of the NFL is how we are quick to challenge quarterbacks. Quarterbacks that have probably been proven. Quarterbacks that have done their time in the league. Quarterbacks that have shown what work they've put in by earning MVP honors, perhaps trips to the Super Bowl, whether they win or lose. You look at Matt Ryan, and many people really think that Matt Ryan is a washed-up quarterback. Maybe that's not the exact words that a lot of people use this past week. But there's something about him that when you think about the transaction, or the transition, I should say, when you think about the transition from the Falcons to the Colts, it makes a great deal of sense. It makes a great deal of sense because of what the Colts are looking for. What they didn't have in the ginger Jesus himself and Carson Wentz, they now have in Matt Ryan. And whether this was their first option or second option may be irrelevant to this point. But we're still talking about the fact that Matt Ryan is a worthy quarterback for that team. And perhaps only that team. And I want to I want you guys to think about something as I'm talking freely, highly about Matt Ryan. Everybody in Atlanta thinks the world of him. He set records that not many quarterbacks in Atlanta will ever have an opportunity to do. He's done his time the 14 seasons. He's seen players come and go. He had his best season in 2016 when he won MVP honors and went to the Super Bowl, came up short against the Patriots, not for lack of trying. They were up for three and a half quarters by 24 points. But it's more so the fact that they could not seal the deal. But we knew what Matt Ryan was. We knew what type of quarterback he was. We knew how magnificent of a man he was, how remarkable of a person he was. Owner Arthur Blank thought the world of him, perhaps even considered him his second son or his first son. I don't know how many sons he has. But he did mention that Matt Ryan is the epitome of a franchise quarterback. He is the epitome of a franchise quarterback. GM of the Colts, Chris Ballard, came out and said, we are thrilled that we had a chance to acquire a proven veteran and Matt Ryan, who brings tremendous experience, tremendous 
experience to our team. Didn't say that much about Carson Wentz when he brought him over. But without digressing on that, he goes on to say his leadership and skill set will complement our roster's growth and success. If anybody can see where I'm going with this, Matt Ryan is taking over a team that has already made, already been constructed, already been created to win a championship. They have an offensive line that is stout. They have themselves a running game. That's perhaps one of the best, if not the best, in the NFL. They have a defense that is top 10. The one caveat to that team was an experienced quarterback. A tremendously experienced quarterback. And Matt Ryan fills that hole, fills that void for that team. You know, if, if you're the Falcons... <laughs> If you are the Atlanta Falcons, whether you're the owner or the coach, Arthur Smith, I, I have to think somewhere in Atlanta, wherever they may live, they have to be kicking themselves. I, I'm saying this because it, it really makes no sense to the commish how you would let a tremendously experienced quarterback that is the epitome of this program just go right out the door for a third round pick. A third round pick. Does any organization think that low of Matt Ryan to think that all he deserves is an opportunity to play on a team that can win a championship in an exchange for a third round pick? Now, if, if I'm Atlanta... What this really says is, in spite of what you've done, we just don't trust you anymore. Sometimes it's about reading between the lines. And, and, and the Colts think the world about him, almost as though they thought the world of Carson Wentz. But what was lacking in Wentz was production, completion, and his inexperience in times of need where he had to seal the deal. Now, I'd be digressing if I'm going to sit here and talk about Carson Wentz and what he may bring to Washington. Shout out to Washington. But I'm still trying to paint the picture of how you let a good thing go in Matt Ryan. The Patriots let a good thing go in Tom Brady, but they did not let him go without a fight. They did everything in their power to make sure that he stayed there as long as he did. And then when the time came where they had to negotiate and they failed to do so, or chose not to do so, they let Tom Brady go. But that was after 20 seasons of having this man. Look at Green Bay and what they did with Aaron Rodgers. This guy might have been on the chopping block. He could have been on the proverbial, metaphorical chopping block. And they decided to go out and draft Jordan Love in the first round just two seasons ago. Of which I have to believe Aaron Rodgers took that personally. And what quarterback would? You've taken this franchise as far as you can, and now you reward me with a backup quarterback? You couldn't improve that offensive line. You couldn't give me more weapons that I've been looking for for the last several years. You want to compliment me, Mr. Rogers, with a backup quarterback in the first round. So what does he do? He wins MVP honors back-to-back. -back. 
And now Green Bay can't get rid of him. The point I'm making here is this. Matt Ryan is another Aaron Rodgers. Matt Ryan is another Tom Brady. The problem is that he was on one of the worst teams in that division. And perhaps one of the worst teams in the NFL. The records may say different. He was 7-10 and 10 this past season. But if you look at all the stats that come with Matt Ryan, even after his time in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 51, outside of his QBR, his quarterback rating depleting from 2016 to 2021, from 79.6 to 46.1 just this past season, Interesting enough, ironically enough, his completion percentage still stayed at about 67% for the last five years. That is remarkable. Why am I saying that? Because if you think about what Aaron Rodgers earned just this past season with the Green Bay Packers, even taking that team to the first seed of the playoffs, even solidifying the division with a 13-4 and record for the third consecutive time in their franchise's history, he had a passer rating. He had a completion percentage rating, I should say, of 68.9. See, the thing is this. You're not going to find too many quarterbacks that are still putting up these completion percentages. Why do I think this is a factor? Because this is what the NFL is looking for these days. Outside of looking for a quarterback that can run outside the pocket and throw in the pocket, we need accuracy. Because accuracy is what wins us games. It gives us an opportunity to move the ball down the field. It gives them an opportunity to score in the red zone. And I got to believe when you look at Matt Ryan's numbers, it is wonderful. It is unbelievable. This man is 36, 37 years old. And Atlanta threw him out the door for a third round pick thinking that they didn't need him anymore. Somebody dropped the ball in Atlanta. And I'm looking at Arthur Smith the coach of the Falcons, because why would you decide now to get rid of Matt Ryan? For those that might have been listening to this Kneel Down podcast a long time ago, maybe it was maybe about this time last year, I had made it perfectly clear, not to blow my own horn, but I made it perfectly clear that for the Falcons to get over this hump, what they need to do was draft an offensive lineman to help with that blocking scheme there at the front. The run block, pass block, they needed help. They still need help for Atlanta. They still need somebody that's going to block for Josh Rosen or Felipe Franks or newly acquired Marcus Mariota. So you go from having an MVP quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL completion-wise, completion percentage-wise, to now struggling with three subpar quarterbacks. See, this is where business goes sour. This is where you drop the proverbial ball because nothing about this transition, nothing about what you've done with Matt Ryan makes any sense at all if you're trying to win a championship. Somebody gave up on Matt Ryan. Somebody gave up on him to the point where they didn't even think this man was fully capable of going back out there next season and winning the division. Yeah, well, we got to perhaps play against Tom Brady. 
But then this is why we are the Atlanta Falcons. This is why we sit back and we look to see how we can improve that offense for the sake of Matt Ryan. That's what they did in New England. That's what I would think they would do in Green Bay. Some of your best quarterbacks. You you provide coverage. You provide some type of protection. You provide that quarterback with the best that you can to give that person a chance. A chance to be successful. Give this team a chance to win. To make the postseason. And, and, and based on what I saw this past season with the Falcons, they really struggled with games they should have won. It didn't help Matt Ryan's chances because it really came down to what did Matt Ryan do. Outside of what Calvin Ridley did by deciding he was going to quit on the team due to whatever ailment he might have had, a mental issues, perhaps, it's still the fact that we could not find anybody to replace such assets like a Julio Jones like a Calvin Ridley. So then why would you go after Kyle Pitts? What made Kyle Pitts so special that you thought it was going to improve that offense? He still needs an offensive line. He still needs a running game. This is not Matt Ryan's fault. Considering what I've seen from Matt Ryan, this guy puts up completion percentages very much close to what we saw from Aaron Rodgers. And he was the MVP of the league, not once, but twice in the last two seasons. What are you doing, Atlanta? So Atlanta's loss becomes Indianapolis' game. And I got to believe, if I had to go into my pocket and take whatever singles I have in my pocket, I'm willing to bet every last dollar that Matt Ryan will not only just win the division, and go to the postseason, this upcoming season, but perhaps even take this team to the Super Bowl. I'm calling it right now. If there's anything that's been lacking on this Indianapolis Colts team is the fact that they have not gone to a Super Bowl with a quarterback that is proven. And based off what we see here from everybody else, a tremendously experienced quarterback, franchise quarterback, the epitome of one of the best quarterbacks you can have is now playing for the Indianapolis Colts. If there's anything else I could say about this transition is the fact that perhaps he didn't deserve to be let go by the Atlanta Falcons. Maybe he deserved another few seasons. Maybe he should have been like Phillip Rivers and decided upon when he wanted to leave. Who knows how much time he had left on his contract to say, well, maybe I can negotiate it then when I feel as if the time is right. But Atlanta took it upon themselves and said, well, with the new team, a new coach, comes a new attitude. Perhaps it comes with a new process. And that's what we have in Atlanta. So says the commission. Uh, I want to talk about Matt Stafford. Excuse me. Not Matt Stafford. Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford extends his contract for, I believe, three seasons. Three years, if I'm correct. Four years. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase. Matthew Stafford, quarterback of the world champion Los Angeles Rams, extends his contract to four seasons, four years. $160 million. 
of which $135 million is guaranteed. Now, see, if Matt Ryan had won the Super Bowl five seasons ago, this is what he could have had. Matthew Stafford is only getting what Matt Ryan should have received because he was in the Super Bowl. He was supposed to win that Super Bowl. And because he came up short, because that team failed him, he's now going to the Indianapolis Colts. They gave up on him. Not the same with Matthew Stafford with the Detroit Lions. Matthew Stafford gave up on the Detroit Lions and said, this is not how I want to end my career. And Detroit was generous enough to accommodate him with the team of his choice. And he chose to go to the Rams. It's a marvelous story, but it's a story that now we get to see, apropos, happen there in Indianapolis with now Matt Ryan, a seasoned, tremendously experienced quarterback, take on the same role. And if you look at the percentage that he, this guy averages 67% in the pocket. Aaron Rodgers did that this past season and won MVP honors. Matt Ryan has an opportunity to do what Aaron Rodgers did and even do more with the weapons that he had around him, which is why I got to believe the Indianapolis Colts is in the best position right now to do exactly what the Rams did this past season. So says the commission. Other transactions that were made. I want to concentrate on the Miami Dolphins. Shout out to Miami, Miami Beach, all those people, all those fans, loyal customers, Miami. Let me tell you something. Miami and the Miami Dolphins have a lot to prove for more than one reason at, at that. They have a lot to prove this upcoming season. Because for what they've done over the last few weeks is an indictment to what owner Steven Ross has done with that organization this past season. He left that team out there to fail. And I don't care what he said regarding Brian Flores, the former coach of the Dolphins. I don't care what it was he was trying to address, trying to make it seem as though he wasn't trying to throw away those games. He knew what he was trying to do. He knew he wanted top picks for his team. He knew that the clock was ticking on Tua Tungo-Vailoa, quarterback for the Dolphins. He had a bigger vision, one that perhaps Flores probably did not look at or see the same way. Or perhaps Flores took it upon himself to say, I'm an intelligent man. I don't need to go through all this with you. I'm coming from an organization where we won championships. And what you're telling me is unethical. What you're telling me to do is something that I would never have done in New England. So he decides to just leave on the team or perhaps the team did him a favor. But I'm making the point that Miami has to make up for that. Otherwise, they suffer a bigger defeat. Because this will be a team in the AFC East that's going to struggle against Buffalo and will probably struggle against New England. In spite of what they did this past season, without the weapons that they have acquired over the last few weeks, starting with Tyreek Hill. Now, he may not have been the top weapon for the Miami Dolphins, but let me tell you something. He could be the best weapon right now for the Miami Dolphins. Tyreek Hill, for those that don't know who he is, look this man up on YouTube. Look him up on Google. Consider one of the fastest men in the NFL. 
four-time Pro Bowler, two-time Super Bowl appearing receiver. Won the championship with the Kansas City Chiefs just two seasons ago. And now he is with the Miami Dolphins. Kansas City took it upon themselves to say, we cannot afford him. We cannot look beyond this past season to think that we can keep this man on this team. In spite of what they think they believe in Patrick Mahomes, which at this point is now saying, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to struggle without one of the best receivers in the NFL. Now, there's some that may think that he's not one of the best because he doesn't have the same numbers as a Cooper Cup or Devontae Adams. And that's fine. I get that. But you mean to tell me if any team, New York Jets, had an opportunity to even get this receiver that you wouldn't go all in to try to put him on your team? You mean to tell me that even though he's not the same as Cooper Cup and is not the same as Devontae Adams, that you wouldn't want a Tyreek Hill on your team? You know who wants a Tyreek Hill on this team? Patrick Mahomes. He knows what he had with this man. And now he sees Tyreek Hill go to Miami for a first round, second round, fourth round pick in the 2022 draft. And for a fourth round and sixth round pick in the 2023 draft. Five draft picks. Five draft picks. They don't lose players. They don't necessarily lose money. And the deal is for four years. Four years. $120 million. Of which he received $72 million guaranteed. See, the, the thing that I have about the business of the NFL is that it's not fair. In spite of what the salary cap could be season after season, depending on the production of that season, it's amazing how we are so quick to invest all of our money in that one quarterback that we believe is going to take us to the championship. That's what the Los Angeles Rams did. That's what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did. That's what the Indianapolis Colts is doing. And everybody else is following suit. The Denver Broncos has done it. And now we see what Miami's trying to do by acquiring Tyreek Hill. Great move or not, he is a weapon that's going to be used to the fullest with a Tua Tongue of our Lord that still has something to prove in Miami. New coach, I believe his name is Mike McDaniel. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's his name. No coaching experience outside of being an assistant coach for the San Francisco 49ers. He takes on a team that they have revamped, reconstructed. This team is solid. They also acquire one of the best offensive linemen in free agency market in Terran or Teron Armstead. He signs a deal worth five years, $87.5 million. Listen. Stephen Ross understands that he has to atone for his sins. (laughs) He's been praying on this since Flores dropped the ball on this man, since he aired out his dirty laundry. Now he's got to make it good with this organization. The last thing he wants to do is lose his customers, to lose the fans that have been supporting the Miami Dolphins since 1960. He doesn't want to lose a good thing 
and knowing that he's got a team right now that can be competitive in that division. And of course, they've got other guys on their team, but the one that stands out to me is Tyreek Hill. Now they got Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill. They franchise tag their tight end, Gomeski, or Jaseski, or whatever his name may be, forgive me. And now you have, a, you might have one of the best teams in the AFC East, which may be right behind Buffalo. Even with Buffalo acquiring Von Miller, a lot of what we see now in Miami could be foolproof with that offensive line because that's what was needed for Tua to give him time. And they have a running game. Chase Edmonds and Mozart from the San Francisco 49ers. This is, uh, outside of being a restructured team, this is an, um, this is an amazing team, especially on paper. Just think of what this Miami team can do in that division this upcoming season. I can't see how Miami couldn't beat Buffalo. Because for what we saw last year Miami, they came that close to making the playoffs. What's to say now that they can't do it this time around with Tyreek Hill on the team? All he needed was another weapon, a reliable weapon to go out there and be a part of this offense that gives them all the chances in the world of not just winning games, but perhaps winning a division title. So says the commission. You've been listening to the Kneel Down podcast. I am the commission. I want to thank everybody who's been listening to this show. To this point, it means so much to me. Running low on time, but let me just say this much. I didn't think that I spent any time talking about Tom Brady, and I'm only going to spend about maybe two minutes doing so tonight. He decided to come out of retirement. Yeah, I know. I'm late. The commission's late with this. He's been out of retirement probably for the last 14 days or so. But I find it fascinating that he probably spent all of about five minutes on his couch to realize that he didn't want to spend time with his family, knowing that he would have to live a different lifestyle. Maybe the lifestyle came with riding a minivan. Maybe the lifestyle came with walks in the park with his wife. Maybe it came with strolls with his dog. Maybe he was taking up paper mache. I don't know. I don't know what Tom Brady was going to do that made him decide, you know what, I'm going back to football. Maybe Giselle just wanted just a little bit more time with her husband. But it was enough for him to say, you know what, I'm coming back. And, and perhaps it was the talk with his father, Tom Brady Sr. And, and you know what, I can understand that it if it's a family thing. I can understand if his father has his best interest in his son to say, hey, listen, we know you want to go out there and keep playing, keep doing what you've been doing. But what does he put at risk by going back for his 23rd season? I mean, I, I'm not, I don't wish any ill will on Tom Brady. But one of the things I don't understand is why would you take this time to decide maybe I should go back to doing something that nearly got me killed this past season? Yeah, it was one game. But guess what? That offensive line will not be the same. That team itself is not the same. Even if you bring back Leonard Fournette and you bring back Chris Godwin and whomever it is you bring back, that's not going to be the same championship team. Maybe you lose a step with the defense. Maybe you lose a step with the offensive line. But Tom Brady's really putting himself at risk of perhaps getting himself hurt. And that's every quarterback. So let me just emphasize. It's relative no matter who you are, who has the ball. But there's one thing I don't want to see 
is the fact that he went out there and tried again with this team and came up short. You got to know when it's over. And I said this about LeBron James. I said this about Michael Jordan. You have to know when your time is up. Sometimes leave it on top is the best way to leave. Because the one thing you don't want to leave is the impression that you lost at a time that you probably should have won. And now you're going out with your tail between your legs. And if Tom Brady does not make the playoffs ever again, that's exactly the image we will remember for years to come. Again, this is the Neil Down Podcast. I am the Commish. Thank you again for listening to this show. It means that much to me. I will do it all again soon enough. Believe me, I have a lot more to talk about with football as it unfolds. I wish everybody the best of weekends. It's supposed to be getting warm again. Spring is officially here. And I wish everybody the best this coming week. I'll be talking football. Uh, excuse me. I'll be talking basketball soon enough. The playoffs are right around the corner, as well as the NFL draft within a month from now. So you know what that means. I'll be giving you my mock draft soon enough. But until that time comes, but ended by saying peace and love to all those out there. Stay safe. Get vaccinated. And I'm out.